Mighty Father in heaven, thank you for the peaceful night rest. Thank you for the privilege to be loved by you. Thank you for the privilege to experience your love in our lives. Thank you for the forgiveness, for you have not dealt with us by the multitude of our iniquities. Thank you for the privilege to learn at your feet. We pray that as we continue this series on the book of Daniel, you will cause a transformation in our lives like never before. That we'll be among those who will dare to stand for truth, who will dare to stand for you, who will dare to love you as we should. Lord, this is our desire. We ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning and welcome back to our daily devotional podcast. Um, I thank God for how he has been leading us. I thank God for how he has been leading you. We want to hear from you. Thus far, yes, we're barely, we're just three chapters into this series on the book of Daniel, but we want to hear from you. How has it been for you? Has your experience in this journey been? What lessons have you learned? What questions are in your mind? What expectations do you have? We'd like you to share this with us. You can do so in any of our social media platforms or through our mail or even in our WhatsApp community. We would love to engage in a conversation with you. And we also take prayer requests. We would love to pray with you and for you. And and we also take testimonies to thank God and to encourage ourselves of what the Lord is doing in our lives. Today we are going to dwell a little bit longer on Daniel chapter 3 as we reminisce on the fate of these three Hebrew young men that we've been looking at for the past two days. But before that, I would like to tell you a, I'd like to read to you a poem that I find very interesting. It's a poem titled My Creed as written by Edgar Guest. He said, to live as gently as I can, to be, no matter where, a man, to take what comes of good or ill and cling to fate and honor still, to do my best and let that stand, the record of my brain and hand, and then should failure come to me, still walk and hope for victory. He continues to say, to have no secret place wherein I stoop on sin to shame or sin, to be the same when I'm alone and when my every deed is known, to live undaunted, unafraid of any step that I have made, to be without pretense or shame exactly what men think I am. And finally, he says that to leave some simple mark behind, to keep my having lived in mind, if enmity to aught I show, to be an honest, generous foe, to play my little part, nor whine, that greater honors are not mine. This, I believe, is all I need for my philosophy and creed. I find this poem interesting in so many ways, but I'm bringing it to our mind because everybody has a personal philosophy and creed. What drives them? 
what causes them to wake up in the morning and you probably do most likely do either consciously or subconsciously there is a denominator there is a factor there is a philosophy that you live by a code of conduct perhaps there is a drive there is a goal there is a vision there is a dream there is something that you aspire that you know gives you either the highest pleasure or discomfort or one thought You know, underlining the factor, the, the, the choice that we all make in life daily, the decision on what we eat and what we don't eat, the clothes we put on or put off, the friends we keep, there is an underlining creed to it all. So have you discovered yours? What principle are you working upon? You see, when we look about at the story of the three Hebrew boys, they had an underlining factor like a core a belief system that made them to be so undaunting that they, they they told the king without mixing words that they would not bow down to his image in fact i want you to go back and read daniel chapter 3 verse 17 again to see the the infantry the audacity that they put into their words in announcing to the king they, they didn't consider the options of you know bowing down or bending down to to tie their shoelaces as some persons would have done probably i certainly would have done something like that or hide myself away they, especially when daniel you know who seemed to be the one who rallied them together it's not in the picture they were still able to stand they were ready to go into the fire to die because of that underlining factor that they will not sin against God their love for God was their defining principle and they were not you know they were unmindful of the fact that it's you know holding on to that principle could cause them to be in defiance against the gods against the idols of this world they were faced against the opposition of money against the opposition of power against the opposition of wealth position stature technology passion sex perhaps clothing jewelry sports connections and all of these gods that our world celebrates today and yet they remained undaunted my friend i want you to know that for every choice we make, there is an underlining decision that has to be made. And that's the decision whether we're going to stand for righteousness or whether we're going to stand in the camp of the devil, in the camp of disobedience. Even as simple as your choice of, of, of what you watch on your phone as we consider it to be unharmful even as simple as your choice of your wardrobe even as simple as your choice of the music that comes out from your mouth every decision we make is a choice if we will bow down to the idols of this world the idols that are celebrated 
You see, worship is at the core of everything. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego understood this principle. They understood it in Daniel chapter 1, where they were faced with the temptation to eat of the king's food, um, you know, table. And now they understood even much more that every decision we make is a declaration of who we are worshipping. So who are you worshipping, my friend? You see, they were ready to die for the Lord. What are you ready to live for? I'm not asking you to die for anything, but are you ready to live for Jesus and the choices that you make? When we continue the story in Daniel chapter 3 from verse 19, the king was so angry, so enraged, he asked that the fire be heated up seven times. And, you know, the people who even threw them, like we mentioned, were even burned, but nothing happened to this boy. And the king had to exclaim in, from verse 22 to 25, what is happening here? I see four men walking in the fire unharmed. The king, the pagan king, had to testify of the manifestation of God's goodness because three young people dared to stand out. The world does not see the manifestation of God's goodness. The world is in hunger. The world is dying because godly people are so Claim godly people cannot reveal the goodness of God. We preach, we sing, we carry the Bibles, we make all the noise, we speak in foreign tongues, but yet the love of Christ is not represented, is not reflected in the choices that we make. We keep silence in the face of oppression. We refuse to forgive, we refuse to share that which we have. We make the choice that we consider to be insignificant. We dress anyhow and yet we expect that Jesus will come soon and find us. Towards the end of Earth's history, in the book of Revelation chapter 13 verse 11 to 18, we discover that another power, another force will arise to compel people to worship an image set up by the powers of this world as championed by their true leader, which is the devil, and his agencies with death threats and financial sanctions against those who will not comply. Towards the end of Earth's history, the devil would come undoubtedly to stand in open defiance against the remnant of God's people. But the Bible says in Revelation 14 that here is the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus. But I want to tell you, my friend, you cannot stand against fierce evil, against open, you know, rebellion, if in your secret place you have not made yourself right with God. Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego could only have stood when every other person was kneeling because they dared to kneel in their secret place when every other person was sleeping. Oh, you did not hear me. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego could only stand against the, uh, you know, the, the decision, against the image of the king, against the threat of death because while every other person was sleeping, they were kneeling 
in prayer, asking God to search their soul, confessing every sin, asking God to give them the power against temptation, against darkness that is locking around them because they gained the victory in the secret place of the Most High. God, give them the grace to stand up for Him when the world needed to see what it means to serve God. God is giving you another opportunity today. Would you dare to stand for Him? Would you dare to believe in His Word? Would you dare to trust His power? Would you dare to make a constant appointment with God in the secret place, in the secret places in your room, as you walk around the world, it mustn't be fancy, it mustn't be one mountain. Dare to spend time communicating with God, asking Him for the grace. Dare to spend time studying God's Word. Only then can you build the fortitude to stand against the attacks of the devil in your life. Dear Jesus, we need your help. I will never stop saying this, Lord, we need your 